broadcasting on the Civic Media Radio Network. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Friday. Thanks for being with us today, 952-946-6205. For many of the stations on the network, including over at WFHR, 1320 AM, 97.5 FM in Wisconsin Rapids, Stevens Point, here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, because it's part of the metro area, uh, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as throughout the entire network, you are probably know of this candidate. If he's not running to be be your candidate right now in the Wisconsin 3rd District, Brad Paff is kind enough to join us to talk about his campaign for Wisconsin 3. Brad, thank you very much. I appreciate the time today. Well, Matt, thank you very much for the opportunity, and good afternoon, listeners. I hope you're doing well. It's a beautiful day here in western Wisconsin, I'll tell you that. I've spent a lot of time in that part of the, that part of the state. It's absolutely beautiful over there. It's apple-picking time, too, which I always love. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It's a good time of the year. That's right. We know what's coming, the cold, so uh, let's enjoy this fall while we can. You are absolutely a fantastic candidate for this district. I, I, this it is a it is a gerrymandered district. It is kind of this backwards yeah. why that's there. But I could not I couldn't paint a better candidate for you. Your experience has been fantastic. Uh, former uh, leader of the Wisconsin Department of Agricultural Trade and Co- uh, the Consumer Protection, as well as also um, you have been the ranking member on the Agriculture and Tourism Committee uh, in the state Senate. You you, you this is exactly. The, the kind of person, the kind of experience that the people of Wisconsin 3 need. I believe so, and I firmly believe on November 8th that we will defeat this insurrectionist opponent that I'm running against. Yeah, believe it or not, Matt, I am running against a candidate who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, that shameful, awful, deadly day in which five police officers lost their lives and uh, tens of, uh, tens of uh, millions of dollars of public damage was done to our U.S. Capitol and U.S. Capitol grounds. This guy now has the audacity to think that he's going to serve this uh, uh, seat in the United States House of Representatives, and he's going to raise his hand to the, uh, and pledge the oath to the U.S. Constitution after what he participated in on January 6th. And, you know, the people of this district know better. Uh, they know that this is not uh, who we need in the United States House of Representatives. But, uh, you know, at the same time, there's always work to do. we got to make sure that we continue to get out and meet as many people as we can and, uh, you know, hear about the concerns that are taking place. Because, as you know, and your listeners know firsthand, the hardworking people in this country, you know, they're being impacted by rising costs. And they want to make sure that they got a Washington, D.C. that is listening to them and is working for their interests. And uh, I pledge to do that every single day. Your opponent was at a prayer breakfast, so wildly inappropriate. He not only did, yeah. was he at a prayer breakfast, but he also was, you know, trying to attack people with biblical passages, which was also inappropriate. But then he got to the point where, as it myself, I'm an Army veteran. I am a Christian. I go to a Lutheran church right now. The For him to go on out there and say, if you are a leftist, you can't be, or a Democrat, the impl- implication being a Democrat, you can't be patriotic or a Christian was so infuriating to me. And I've got to imagine for a lot of people in that district as well. Oh, he, he insulted 50% of the people of this district. He's trying to tell people that they cannot uh, be a Christian and, uh, you know, be a Democrat. I mean, that is just beyond the pale. I mean, this guy, I mean, the problem with him is that, um, you know, he has no business telling us what we should and should not believe. But this was a direct, a direct attack. Uh, on all the people in this district, not just the Democrats, but it was an attack on Christians and non-Christians alike. We do not want our politicians 
uh, to start picking winners and losers when it comes to what uh, religious beliefs. We want to make sure that we have our elected officials that will reach out and work with all of us, regardless of our, you know, uh, political ideology or our religious denomination, if we're Christian or non-Christian. We want to make sure that we've got an elected official to listen and hear and be responsive to our needs. Uh, what Derek Van Orden demonstrated is this, is that he will not be there for those people that did not share his political beliefs as well as his re- extreme religious beliefs. And that is what's so disappointing. That is so wrong. And I'll say this, Matt, as a God-fearing, practicing Lutheran myself, you know, I just know how wrong and how out of touch Gary Garnorton is to the people of this district. We have never seen anyone like this before run for Congress in Wisconsin. And I will just say, this guy, he has a history of sexually harassing women while he's in the military. He verbally harassed a teenage librarian aide uh, about a book display celebrating Gay Pride Month. Uh, he has attacked voters on Twitter. He is on probation for um, trying to get on an airplane with a loaded handgun. He's now on probation by the TSA and has been mentioned. Uh, he was part of that shameful, awful, deadly day of January 6th in Washington, D.C., when the insurrection uh, of our nation and the and uh, now he's trying to say who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. Ugh. This is this is beyond the pale. Well, and also the patriotic thing. If I can, I was down in South Carolina. Yeah. I was on the USS Yorktown, that's uh, harbored out there, and got to learn the stories of those people there. I volunteer occasionally over at Fort Snelling Memorial Cemetery, where the veterans mm-hmm. are buried over there. The the idea that this guy is going to put a political litmus test on was he going to go dig up the bodies that didn't vote for Republicans and throw them out of those cemeteries? The idea that he has the audacity to to declare that someone who doesn't believe his politics is not as patriotic as him is infuriating. And I'm actually daring him to come up and tell that to my face. As a disabled vet, I want him to tell that to my face, for goodness sakes. I I agree. I mean, Matt, I mean, this guy needs to be held accountable. He needs to be stood up to. He's been a bully all his life. And the thing is, what he's doing right now is he is cowardly ignoring the voters of this district. He will not debate me. Debate me. I mean, this is every one of your listeners has interviewed for a job. They have had to go before a boss and be interviewed for a job. He will not interview through a debate for this job. And that is, again, who does something like that? But he does. And you know why he won't interview for this job? Is because just like a private employer, if they knew his background, if the voters knew his background of being a narcissistic bully, who's someone who's harassed a teenage librarian aide, someone who participated in the January 6th insurrection in which five police officers lost their lives, and someone who tried to get on an airplane with a loaded handgun, I know nobody in the private sector, no private sector employer, employer would hire him. But now he thinks that we, the taxpayers, the voters, should hire him to be our member of Congress? No. no. He know better than that. Brad Paff is joining us. Wisconsin 3, the Democratic candidate down there. So I, I, I want to get into um, – some of the issues here, and I want to focus on your experience. Obviously, you are the kind of perfect person to have in there because farmers, dairy producers, and you have experience as a dairy family there. Mm-hmm. The dairy producers there have not 
It, it, it's, Republican policy has decimated the farming and the agricultural sector. We need people that are going to go in there and look at these margins and say that's not good enough. We need to make sure that these family farms are being taken care of, not just the large corporate farms, but all the agricultural industry so that, it, that everyone has a chance. I mean, that is Wisconsin right there. That is Wisconsin. That's exactly right, Matt. That is exactly right. And that's Minnesota as well, to be honest. The thing is, is we need to have somebody in Congress that recognizes the day-to-day struggles that are taking place on the family farm, within our rural communities, you know, at the kitchen table, you know, that our hardworking families are facing. What Derek Van Orden is all about is about extremism. It's about division. It's about resentment. It's about saying you're not getting your fair share because your next-door neighbor is getting too much. He doesn't want to build us up. He wants to divide us and tear us apart. And that is his economic policy. That's his governing mantra. And the sad thing about this, Matt, is the following. If Derek Van Orden gets elected to Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to say, wow, you're an extremist. He's further right than she is. This is coming from Wisconsin, and this is not who we are in this state. Uh, you know, we can we can stand on our own. We we recognize the importance of hard work and dedication and resilience, but we also recognize this: is that when times are tough, we come together as neighbors and as a community. We don't divide like Derek Van Orden does. You know, broadband is another issue that you're focusing on, and I'm very glad we get you we get you into to Washington D.C. at the Capitol. I think Wisconsin three is going to be very well represented because this is the broadband idea. You have to take this through the Capitol because we're dealing with it in the state, and we have got guys like Governor Walls who's doing a great job trying to get mm-hmm. it done. But we have the Republicans in the state legislature here that are stalling it, not getting it done, even for their own constituents. This needs to be kind of like the TVA, like this bringing electricity to the southeastern United States in the 1930s. That's right. You know, we have to look. At this this is a major foundation of of business development in the modern day and broadband should be from border to border in every state at this point it really needs to be and we need to make sure that we hold these telecommunication companies accountable we need to make sure that uh, we uh, hold these government agencies accountable as well to make sure that we get these dollars out to the countryside and we connect our communities and we connect People, may they be in a rural area or may they be in an urban or suburban area. It needs to be connected. As you mentioned, Matt, this is obviously an economic matter, but it's also a public safety matter. If our police and fire and EMS teams do not have access to broadband and to the Internet services, it's that much harder for them to respond to an emergency, and it's that much harder to keep our communities safe. And it's that much harder to make sure that we can take care of our loved ones, maybe mm-hmm. our grandparents or our parents or even, you know, our next-door neighbor who has fallen ill and needs EMS assistance. That has to be done. But that takes dedication. That takes hard work. That takes digging into these issues, holding companies accountable, making sure even the government agencies are held accountable. All of that needs to be done. But I'll go back to Derek Van Orden. He's not running for Congress for that. Derek Van Orden is running for Congress because he wants to divide us. He wants to go on cable news, and he wants to continue to divide who we are as Americans. And he wants to dictate to us what our religious beliefs are. Mm -hmm. He wants to define what Christianity is, and he wants to define what patriotism is. That is not who we are here in the upper Midwest and in western and central Wisconsin. 
The and yeah, he's a nightmare. I mean, he's an absolute nightmare. Uh, one thing I want to also just really quick want to mention to you because of the district, uh, the pandemic obviously exposed a lot of failures in our healthcare system, especially in rural parts of our states. And obviously, you know, you've got to make sure you have the healthcare system there, but it's well staffed and it can take care of people because the reality is we need a healthcare system that can weather a pandemic. Yes, we do. Oh, without a doubt. And this is a district here that is very rural. And so it's geographically very large, and people have to drive a lot of distance. So without a doubt, you, we have to fix our financing system when it comes to health care. There's no doubt about that. But we also need to make sure we got Medicare reimbursement dollars that are coming back. Sadly, there's places here in western Wisconsin in which Medicare reimbursement rates are less per person than they are in the southeast in Florida. That's sad. That's wrong. But we also need to make sure that we have such uh, – important things we take for granted, but it's needed that we could still have like birthing services and birthing services and maternal health care being offered in, you know, our rural hospitals. And I'll tell you, I mean, it keeps these services keep, keep getting pulled back. And that is a real concern when we want to cont- uh, attract uh, young families to our area, especially rural areas. And then we want to keep families here. Uh, it is important that we have a strong uh, health care system. Obviously, we got to look, look at the financing of this. But we also need to make sure that we have the providers. And we have these rural health clinics uh, are in these uh, areas. So very important, Matt. Um, I want to obviously, if you're in the Wisconsin third, I'll get to you. I'll get back to you here in a second. But I, for all the people that are listening to me who are not right now, uh, Milwaukee, Madison, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Wausau, throughout the state of Wisconsin, if you're not in the third, you need to get down there and either volunteer to help out Brad's campaign or donate. Make a donation. Help out. This is if you want a blue wave to happen, it's not going to happen by us sitting back and doing nothing. And this is a huge district. We need a lot of door knocking down there, and the donations. Obviously, I'm guessing your gas prices for driving. It's a little high because it's a big oh, yeah. district. So if, if people want to find your website to help out and volunteer, where do they find that, Brad? Matt, thanks for asking. www.bradpath.com. I will spell that. B-R-A-D-P-F-A-F-F.com. Please check it out. Okay. Um, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to say hello this afternoon. And Matt, you keep up the good work. Thank you very much, sir. And I'll make sure I link to all this on social media a little bit later on. For everyone in Wisconsin 3, it comes down to a simple math problem. If you vote, he wins. It's that simple. Right. Get registered to vote. Vote. Call all your friends. Make sure they're registered to vote and they're getting out to vote. Because that's the deal breaker right there. Democrats have to vote. And if, you're, if, if we get more people voting... Brad's going to win. Brad Paff, Wisconsin 3. Brad, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Matt. Keep up the great work. Thank Thank you, you, sir. Thank you. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on the Civic Media Radio Network.